Hey, thank you for being here this morning. How are you guys doing today? Yeah, it's kind of a strange Sunday, right? It's like one of those Sundays where it's like, where's everybody? Like, it seems like. <laughs> um, but the reason is, and most of you guys know this, uh, that we have a good amount of people who have uh, had the new variant of COVID. I think it's called um, Obi-Wan Kenobi. What is that? Something like that. Um, I don't want to downplay it, but it's just like, okay, that's, a, that's just, um, you know, it's never going to end. But it's, it's ending. It's ending. Hopefully this is going to be the end of it. Uh, but anyway, the reason why um, attendance is a little light today, of course, is because uh, we know of a lot of people who have uh, contracted the virus and people who have come in close contact. And so, uh, but those of you who are here, we're so glad for you to be, uh, to be here. And if this church is new to you, we're especially glad that you've decided to spend this Sunday with us. And we're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to make you stand or say anything. All we're going to ask for you to do is if this church is new to you, I'm going to count to three. You're going to raise your hand. You're going to put it right back down. And we're just going to give you a huge round of applause for those of you watching online uh, as well. And so I'm going to count to three. Hand up, hand down. And then we're going to give you a round of applause. One, two, three. If you're here for the first time. Over there. God bless you. Over there. Over there. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you for being here. And uh, our desire is that you will make Jesus the Lord of your life and also that you hopefully will make Downey First Christian Church your church home. And so uh, thank you for being here. It's great to have you guys here. Um, some of us, maybe the reason why you're not, you're not here this morning is because you stayed home because you're so tired because this 21-day fast has just been too much for you. And it's already been one day. But some of us started that. We actually have 74 people that signed up uh, for the 21-day for the, uh, fast. And uh, we have, uh, I think the, the QR code is there. If you, if you want to sign up, a late sign up is okay. You can sign up there. Uh, take a picture of it if we have it. If we don't have it, that's okay. Uh, but it's been a great time, and we're starting that. Uh, we started that yesterday. And so uh, it's going to be uh, a good time of being able to uh, clean out your, your body of all the toxins and at the same time be able to connect uh, with God in a special way. Also, next Sunday, we're starting a brand new series and we're calling it Unmasked. Um, now, the reason, it, it's kind of funny, but it's not really about the uh, coronavirus. It's about being unmasked before God. It's li about living a life of authenticity before God, okay? So that's, that's going to be next Sunday and we're going to start that. And so... Um, our verse for today is Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, starting in verse 35. If you don't have a Bible, uh, that's okay. We have the verses right there. Uh, if you do have a Bible, please look up Matthew chapter 9, starting in verse 35. It says this. It says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, when Jesus saw the crowds, he had, what did he have? Compassion. He had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. What are you looking forward to in life? When you think about 2022 or you think about the next five years in your life, what are some things in your life that you're, that you're looking forward to or that you're thinking about in the future? For me, for example, it's that my, uh, my kids will leave our house. And now it sounds bad, I know, but like I want them to be able to, to find a job, to find, you know, a wife, a husband, to be able to go to college. Like that's, that's great. I, I look into the future and I'm like, I think about the future and I get excited, for example, about, uh, you know, one day maybe retiring and moving to Texas, possibly. You know, you never know. 
One of the things I'm looking forward to for this year is my New Year's resolution is I want to learn how to surf. And somebody told me, uh, you better hurry because you're not getting any younger. And I'm like, okay, tell me something that I don't know. Uh, one of the things that I'm looking forward to. What are you looking forward to in life? What are you looking forward to? You know? There's some things that we look forward to. And, and these things that we look forward to are the things that get us moving in life. They get us up in the morning. That's the genius of Amazon, right? When you order something and you're waiting for that package, and you're like, oh, it's going to be Tuesday, right? And then you look it up, and then you're like, oh, I think it already arrived. And then you drive up, and you see that package in front of your door, and there's this thing that you get excited about, you know, because it's there. I think the same is true for us in our lives. When we have something to look forward to, it makes our life better when we look forward. Now, we've talked about this pandemic a lot, and, you know, sometimes when you bring it up, it's like, okay, can we please change the subject? But the honest truth is that, that um, this, th there's a pandemic. We all know that there's a pandemic. But, but there's also another pandemic that's probably just as bad, and it's a pandemic of hopelessness. There's a pandemic of hopelessness, of people feeling, feeling hopeless. And what's true individually is also true collectively. Did you know that there's a pandemic also of hopelessness in churches these days? Churches these days are closing all, all, all over the country. They're, just, they're, they're closing. Their most recent uh, Gallup um, survey said that there, there are uh, 37,000 churches that are closing every year in America, um, all over the country. Um, another study that I, that I looked at this week was that one out of every five churches permanently closed their doors within the first 18 months of the pandemic. And there's a lot of churches, thousands of churches all across America that are barely holding on right now. And those that are holding on, the same, the, the same, uh, the same survey says they are at 50% or less of their pre-COVID attendance. There's a, there's a pandemic right now, and it's not just the pandemic itself. There's a, there's a pandemic of hopelessness in, in churches. So the question that I think I want to I bring up today as we're talking about vision and we're talking about the future of our church is, is what is it that makes our church different? What is it that makes DFCC different than all these other churches that are seemingly losing hope and closing their doors? How is it that we, you've noticed, even on a Sunday with light attendance like this, we've had new people come to our church virtually every Sunday. It's strange when, when not a hand is, is raised that, that are visiting our church. That's not normal. What makes our church different? How is it that last year we baptized 26 people? You know what? That's, that's actually one person every other Sunday. That was last year. How is it that our church is at that place right now? How is it that DFCC has been around for so long? We've been around for 152 years. Just to put some perspective, this church was founded four years after the Lincoln assassination. Just trying to wrap your mind around that. Isn't that a crazy thought? So there's something about this church that has God's blessing on it. And I want to talk about that a little bit. It hasn't allowed for this church to die. Now, I want to be... Just honest with you, ministry is not easy. Like I had someone come up to me, this was like a year ago, 
uh, comes up to me and says, Pastor, what do you do for a living? <laughs> I was trying to wrap my mind around what she meant by that. Because, because you know, I just, I just work one day a week, right? Just Sundays. That's, just, that's my one work day that I have, you know? But anyway, that's fine because some people don't understand. And I'm not, I love my job, by the way. I love my job. But it's not an easy job. And, and I was trying to, to explain uh, a few months ago. I was talking to a group of people from our church and trying to explain to them how it felt, how the last, you know, because I started about three years ago in this church and how my experience at this church has been. And the way I tried to explain it was like, like once I, I was drowning in the ocean and, and I got my head up for a little bit and then another wave would hit me. And then I got my head out for a little bit and then another wave would hit me. And so when you think about the last three years, which has been the time that I've been here, you think about like March, I started in 2019. Um, March 2020, there was this mysterious virus that appeared. Nobody knew what it was, right? It was a little confusing. And then they were, ta- they were calling it the coronavirus, and they're like, wait, that's a beer, right? Corona. And then there was this whole thing where nobody would buy corona beer because supposedly it had the infection, right? And then they changed it, right? It was COVID-19, and then we had to stay home for two weeks. Two weeks, great. Two-week vacation, right? Just kind of hang out at home. And that started to extend, and it got a little bit more serious. People started dying, right? And there was a toilet paper crisis. There's no toilet paper anywhere. You guys remember that? Right? And there's a racial tension, there's political unrest, and all of a sudden COVID's leaving. And then 30 minutes later, COVID's back again. Remember? All that thing. And so, and now we're at a stage which is kind of like, what's going on right now? And dealing with a pandemic is not something that they teach you in seminary, by the way. This is, you can't go back and say, oh, yeah, you know, the last pandemic, this is, you know, what we've learned. It was kind of trying to learn as we go along. And there were moments when we could have given up. Seriously, we could have just, you know what? This is just too hard. And we could have closed our doors and just been another statistic. So the question that I want us to think about a little bit today is, is what is it that has allowed for us to continue? And I believe it's not something new that has allowed for us to continue. The thing that has allowed for us to continue as a church has been the same thing that has allowed for all the other pastors that came before me and all the leadership that came before me to be able to stand the test of time for 152 years. If you go out into the lobby, you're going to see this plaque. And on that plaque, there are all the pastors that pastored this church for the last 152 years. And you think about what they went through to be able to continue We're talking about the Great Depression. We're talking about smallpox. We're talking about the Vietnam War. We're talking about the Cold War. We're talking about 9-11, Pearl Harbor, the JFK assassination, like all these things that these these leaders had to go through, but they stood the test of time. They all had reasons to lose hope and to say, you know what? This is too much. We're going to close the doors. But something allowed for this church to keep on going. So what is that? What what is that thing that allows for our church, and many other churches, by the way, to be able to stand the test of time? I believe it's two things. And what's true for our church is true for you individually as well. It's two things. It's faith and it's hope. It's faith and it's it's hope. Um, uh, Hebrews 11 once says this. It says, now faith is confidence, confidence, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we do not see. 
confidence and assurance. See, I hope I can tell you with all my heart what I, what I, what I believe to be true this morning. That I, I, I believe, like I, I, I know for sure, like in the same way that I see Cheryl DeSharoon right here in front of me right now, I believe this, what I'm saying. That this church, that all the spaces in this church are going to be filled. I believe that we're going to have baptisms every single Sunday. I believe marriages are going to be restored. I believe salvations are going to happen here. I believe healings are going to take place. You know what I believe? I believe that this city is going to be completely reached with the hope of Jesus. I can't express that any better than that. I just want you to know, I know, I know in my heart this is going to take place. And I believe that the reason why we are here now today is because the leadership before me also believed the same thing and it kept them going. And it was, it, it's what keeps me going every morning as well. So what I want to do this morning is that I want to give you, I want to give you a vision of the future is what I want to give you. I want to give you a vision of the future. I want to give to you what I believe God has for this church for the future as we move forward. And for me to explain that, um, I want to I want to kind of um, tell you that a few months back I was on a retreat, and God just kind of stopped me in the middle of that, and I went to the book of Jonah. Now, the book of Jonah is a great book. It's only four chapters. You can you can read through it just in a few minutes. It's a great it's a great story. Uh, if you were in in um, if you came to church as a as a as a child, you'll know that it's the story of what the big fish, right? That's kind of the, what we remember. And so Jonah. Jonah was called uh, by God to, uh, to preach to a town called Nineveh, right? And he didn't want to go there because he didn't like the people in Nineveh. The Ninevites were bad to them. And so he's like, I'm not going. I'm going to go the other way. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go to Tarshish. And so he gets on this boat. You know, he goes the other way. He goes to Tarshish. And then uh, somehow the people on the boat, they find out that he is the one causing this big storm. And so they throw him overboard. And then he goes, and then there's this big fish, right, that swallows him. He's in the belly of the fish for, for three days, and then a lot goes on in there, right? We don't know very many details, but I'm sure there's a lot happening, him wrestling with God. The fish spits him out, and then he's like, okay, fine, God, I'll go preach to Nineveh. He goes and preaches in Nineveh, probably the worst sermon ever preached. He goes there like, okay, turn your lives around to God, and the whole town becomes followers of God. But that's not the end of the story. You see, Jonah got mad at God. He got mad at God because he thought that these people did not deserve to be saved, that they did not deserve the forgiveness of God. Why? Because they were their enemies, because they, they, were, they were the Assyrians, right? And so they, were these, they, they had this rivalry. And so as I was thinking about that story, I was thinking about our church. You see, we're in Downey. And we're in this church, right? And there are a lot of people that are different than us. A lot of people, not necessarily in this church, but a lot of people outside of the walls of this church that are very different than us, who think differently than us, who vote differently than us, who feel differently about global warming, that are a different race, who feel differently about gun control, who are a different culture, different sexual orientation, different lifestyle, different upbringing, different thoughts on abortion. There's a lot of people outside of this church who are very different than we are. And the thing that we can do that'll make us very comfortable is to be able to stay in these 
four walls and to be able to relate with people who are simply, uh, that are simply similar to how we are and how we think. You see, the easy thing for us to do is to just walk the other way, is to just go the other way. Because there are people in our city who are so different than us. So much easier to just hang out with people that are like you, right? And so there's this time period where we've been in COVID. I call that the belly of the fish, right? And during this time period, I think that we have learned some lessons. Like literally God put us outside. We were outside in the city for a while. And I think that we can make a decision here. Are we going to learn the lesson? Or are we going to continue just like how we were? I believe God has called us to be able to relate to people that are different than we are. I believe that if we don't do this as a church, we're going to fail our calling. We have a history in this church, and it's part of our DNA of doing things differently. We had a woman pastor in this church that pastored this church for, I think, 15 years. And that was 40 years ago. That's pretty cutting edge for back then. But the reason why I bring that up is because I believe that if we continue to do things the way that we have been doing, we are not going to reach the people that we haven't been reaching. In other words, the only reason that we can, the only way that we can reach people no one is reaching if, is if we do things that no one is doing. And so the reason why I want to share that is because I feel like this is the direction that God is taking us in. I don't think we just need to be, be in this, these four walls and stay the same. There was this, um, this couple that came to church. This was, a, this was a while back, and I hope this doesn't make you uncomfortable, but I'm just I'm going to share it. I'm going to share this. There was this couple, and it was a gay couple. They came to church. They came to our church. And um, after church, I met with them in the guest lounge, and we talked. I didn't, know that they were, I, didn't know, I didn't know that they were gay, and I didn't know that they were a couple. I thought that they were just friends. And so they were talking to me, and they were sharing their story, and they had been together for a while. They were in their 50s. Um, and they, they said, we want to come to this church, and God showed us that we uh, can't continue to live the way that we're living. We have to, we have to separate, but we're going to live in the, same, in the same house. We're just not going to share the same bed. I'm like, that's a lot of information for a first-time conversation with someone. But somehow they felt comfortable to share that with me. And I was talking with them, and we prayed. And I'm like, this is great that you, that you come to our church and all that kind of stuff. And then they left. And in my, in my, in my heart... I felt so, I was, I was so happy in my heart. I, was, I felt so happy. There's so much joy in my heart. And I, was, and I was trying to understand why I felt so much joy in my heart after that. And the reason why I felt so much joy was because, because they felt like this was a church that they could come to. That they felt that I was a pastor that they could talk to. Now, again, there's a lot of stuff to deal with, and I get it. But just the fact that they feel that they could come here and talk to me, that brought incredible joy in my heart. You see, I think as a church, we're, we're good at accepting. Accepting. Like, I love that. Like, you come to church, hey, great, you know, accepting. Like, you, if you're different than me, that's great. You can come to, a, to this church. That's awesome. But I think we need to take it a step further. I really, really do. I think we need to take it a step further. Not just accepting but embracing, embracing, because I believe that's what Jesus did. You see, if we think about the woman caught in adultery, Jesus did not just accept, but he embraced. If we think about Peter, 
Peter denying Jesus three times wasn't just accepted. He was, he was, he was embraced. It's what Jesus does. We think about the prodigal son. It's not just like, okay, fine, come here. He's like, no, what took you so long? And so as we talk about this and as we try to unpack what this means for us as a church, I believe that we need to start getting better at hanging out with people who may be different than us. And it's so silent in here right now. I don't know if I'm not saying it right, if you're on the fence about it, but if you look at the life of Jesus, you look at the life of Jesus, and we're Jesus followers, and the people that Jesus hung out with, he didn't hang out with the religious people. He hung out with the sick and the hopeless and the people who were different than him. And so I believe that this is where, where we have to make this choice between being comfortable and actually reaching our city. Because we could be comfortable here for, for 20 years, 30 years. We could do that. We could do that. It'd be, it'd be great. I don't think that's our calling. I think our calling is go into Nineveh. This is our Nineveh right here, right? We could go to Tarshish, be comfortable, but Nineveh is where people are different than us. And so, um, talking about 2020, we've talked about that, and I've think, I'm thinking about the next year, this 2020, calling it the year of the city, the year of the city. And the reason for that is because I don't think we should focus on, on our church, necessarily, but focus on the needs of our city, of our city. We talk about our vision, talk about reaching the city of Downey with the hope of Jesus. We talk about our mission, make disciples who love God, love people, and serve the world. I want us to be a church where where it's okay to not be okay. It's not okay to stay that way, but it's okay to not be okay. I want us to be a church where, where you, don't even, you don't have to believe to belong. And you may be like, okay, pastor, that's too far. Well, think about the disciples. The disciples didn't even believe, and they were part of the inner circle. They were still figuring it out, and one of them was Judas who betrayed Jesus. I want for when people walk in through these doors... They can feel like they're part of a family. I don't want them to feel like they're, I, I want, the, I don't, one of the mistakes that we make is we, we tend to start the wrong way with people. If someone's, if someone's a homosexual or someone's doing drugs or someone's, whatever it is that, that we see, like, oh, that's a drug addict or that's, they're this and that, we tend to see the sin of the person first and we're like, okay, you got to stop doing that. That's not where Jesus starts. Jesus starts with the heart because if not, we're just like whitewashed tombs, like the, the Pharisees, right? Just, you know, beautiful on the outside, but on the inside, you're full of filth. So what I'm talking about this morning is about, is about reaching our city the way that Jesus would do it. We focus on the heart. And if people are here and they know that they're sinful, guess what? We're all sinful. They're walking in through those doors. That's a big step that they're taking. And when they walk in through those doors, I want them to feel love. Because when you connect with the heart of the Father, God starts transforming you from the inside out. You see, our job is, to, is not to, if you're a drug addict, like my job isn't to make you stop being a drug addict. No, no, no. My job is to, is to connect you with Jesus. And when you, connect, when you connect your heart with Jesus, everything starts to change from the inside out. And you, you become a follower of Jesus and not a religious person who's focused on the outside. 
And so the question is, this morning is, how do we, how do we, how do we transform into that sort of a church? And when I, when I think about that, I think about the fact that we're all just, that we're all just passing through. I think it's very important for us to understand that we're all, we're all passing through. We're like a vapor, right? And so what we're doing here is not about me. It's not about the leadership. It's not about you. It's about the work of God in this church. And you know one of the things that brings me the most joy in my whole life? It's not preaching. I love preaching. It's not counseling. I love counseling. It's not vision, it's not leadership, and I love all these things. Do you know what the thing that brings me the most joy is when I see Tony leading worship? When I see Shay preaching a message here on stage. When I see Morgan singing in the worship. When I see the next generation starting up and moving forward. And I believe that's the thing that allowed for this church to stand the test of time for such a long time. It's because it's not about me, it's not about you, it's about bringing up, it's like John the Baptist, you know, preparing the way for the next to come. And I wanna say thank you to all the people who have been here longer. I wanna say thank you because you've been open to changes. And the fact that you've been open to changes has allowed for us to be here right now and that's the way that it's been throughout time. So I'm going to end with this. My dad used to always tell me a story, and I feel like I've shared this story before. Have people come up to me and say, Josh, you've shared that one like three times. I hope I haven't shared this one too much. So you only have a certain amount of stories, right? You can't make up more as you go along. But, but anyway, so there's this story that my dad would always tell me, and it's a story about these two big buildings, and there was this wire between the two buildings, and there's this guy on one of the buildings, and he's yelling down, how many of you believe that I can walk the wire from one side to the other? And everyone was like, yes, I believe. And so he walked. He walked, and then everybody, everybody was cheering. Then he's like, how many of you guys believe that I can go from one side to the other on a bicycle? And everyone's like, yes, we believe. And so he went from one side to the other side, and everyone started cheering. And then he said, how many of you believe that I can go from one side to the other side on a bicycle with a car in the back and a person in there? And everyone was like, yes, I believe. And then he's like, okay, who's going to volunteer to get into the car? Silence. So the reason why I share that is because when we talk about faith and moving things forward and the vision for the future and all these things, faith is about getting into that cart. Not just about cheering on. You may hear this message and you're like, oh yeah, pastor, you're so right. We got to reach our city. That's great. You may cheer it on. But faith is when you actually get into that car and you're like, let's go, pastor. Let's do this together. And so what I'm asking you to do this morning is, is to be able to think about what we've talked about today and to be able to think about how you are going to place ownership in the things that we've talked about this morning. You see, some people, you call this church, that church. In other words, you may be here a few times, you maybe see the church from the outside, and you're like, that church. Other people may say this church, because you come here, maybe you come here every Sunday. I don't want you to say that church. I don't want you to say this church. I want you to say my church. Because my church is about ownership. You are a part of this church. And what does that mean? That means that you come here every Sunday. That means that you participate in a growth group. 
that you serve in our church, that you give to our church, that you're part of what we're doing. And so whatever that means for you this morning, I want you to think about that. I want you to think about taking ownership of what it is that we're doing as a church. And it may, it may mean different things for each of you guys. So what I want to do now is I want to ask you to close your eyes here for a moment. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to share with you guys uh, something and then we'll pray. I want to share something about my dad. I've talked about my dad a lot. And my dad was, uh, is a man of great faith. And I remember as a, as a child, my dad's a missionary in Chile. He's still there right now with, his, with, my, with my mom. And um, my, dad's a, my, my dad's a man of great faith. And I remember as a child, he, he took me to this empty piece of land. And he started talking to me about this piece of land. And he talked about how he saw a school there. And he saw children there. And he saw teachers. And he started describing this whole thing. And he spoke to me with such confidence and with such assurance of what he was saying. To me, it sounded crazy. Until two years later, there was a Christian school there. And now it's been 30 years. And he started over 10 schools in Chile. I always think about my dad's level of faith, and I've always had great admiration for that. And so, with heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to just tell you what I see. And I see the city of Downey reached with the hope of Jesus. I heard someone say once that Downey is, a, is an interesting name because it's almost like down knee, down on your knees, like a city that's going to be at some point down on its knees before God. And I don't see Downey as known for having the oldest McDonald's or having the space program or known for the carpenters, but Downey as a city that is filled with the hope of Jesus. And so I'm praying for 2022 to be the year of our city. But it's going to take all of us to make this happen. And this is not a this is not a, a thing that maybe hap will happen in the next couple of years. Maybe this is a generational dream. But I want to invite you to be a part of this and to think about what it is that God wants you to do. With your eyes closed and head bowed still, I just want to thank you for being so generous. We had a Christmas offering. We raised $28,975. That was you. That's what you gave. And I want to thank you for that. Because that shows commitment. It shows that this is your church. And I want to invite anyone who's on the fence about this to consider this. Their church, your church. This, this is your family. You'll be a part of this. Lord God, we thank you so much for, for your word today. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your presence. I thank you, God, for, for everyone in this church who, who has been so faithful in being a part of this mission. I want to thank you, God, because you've allowed for this church to not just 
be here and do church, but you allowed for us to, just this year, baptize 26 people. We thank you for that, God. We thank you because you're moving in this church. And I want to pray for each one who's here this morning, each heart in this space, that you'll touch our hearts this morning to be able to not just come to church, but to be a part of this church and to be a part of this vision and to be a part of the future of this church as we think about the next generation and we think about what you've called us to do. Thank you so much, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.